0: Everybody, thank you guys again for tuning in and returning to a new episode of Change the Subject. I'm BJ. Now, this is an amazing thing that is about to take place right now because I got somebody popular in podcasting. Even though they don't do it anymore, but this is one of those people that used to reign supreme in podcasting. And I've been trying to get this person on my show. I don't even know how long it's been, but it's been a long time. So I'm super, super excited, and we're going to have an amazing conversation. I am going to introduce to some and represent to others the one that we know as Liberian Bay. <laughs> I took it back a little bit. I took you it, did. I took it back a little bit, but I'm introducing Bree, formerly of Good Morning Beautiful podcast. And welcoming her to change the subject. What have you been up to since we last seen you?
1: Well, first of all, thank you for that introduction. <laughs> I feel like, wow. Um you don't, you don't think you you don't that think that you used to run video. things?
0: Like Good Morning Beautiful used to be huge out here. Like if y'all came back tomorrow, it would be like it would almost be like y'all never left. Really? You think so? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. Oh, wow.
1: Well, that's good to know. But um, thank you for that. I don't think I'm, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just one third of good morning or what was good morning beautiful. And I don't think I'm that popular because I just be, you know, I don't, I'd be on Twitter doing my little thing, but I don't be really, really in, you know, a lot of podcast talk, So I don't know yeah. if I'm that popular yeah. anymore. But
0: <laughs> Yeah, you guys, you, well, you ladies were huge. We're absolutely huge. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was it was fun times, but you know. And shout out to uh, Talise and Neek, um, the other two co-hosts of the show. They were amazing people, still amazing people, and I hope Indeed. those ladies are like doing exceptionally well. But I'm really excited to have you here because, um, of the three of you, um, you used to really, really pique a lot of my interest, and you used to <laughs> always make me think all the time and i think that when we first when i was first introduced to you the reason why i think you were so interesting to me personally is because you have really firm beliefs and it's almost like you're not trying to force people to believe what you think but you still stand very firm on it so you don't really know how to take what's being said you just know that she means it is that accurate
1: that, that that's accurate, very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, that's accurate. I believe what I believe, and I don't, or what you know, what I used to believe, still believe whatever the case is. You know, and that's just what I believe. I don't expect nobody else to believe it or agree with it. That's just me and my beliefs.
0: Right, right. So yeah,
1: that's that's accurate.
0: So I want to kind of comb through some of your beliefs, and one of the conversations that we're going to have today. Now, before we get started, we're going to do what is called q and a QA&A okay. is an icebreaker. It's a simple group of questions, but if, in fact, you feel like one of the questions is too difficult or inappropriate even to answer, you can opt okay. for an alternative question. So you ready for QA&A?
1: Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, God. <laughs>
0: all right. All right. This is going to be real easy. It's never that hard. All right, so question number one is You have one choice of occupation for your entire life. Which would you pick, a skyscraper window cleaner or a skydive instructor?
1: Uh, Damn, you know, I'm afraid (laughs) of heights, so. Uh. Okay, let's do. Dang, Uh, let's go with sky... No. A uh, skydive, no, because I'm in the plant, damn it, a window cleaner.
0: The window cleaner. Okay, so of the two, yeah. you say the window cleaner is the safest bet.
1: Ain't none of them safe, but we'll just go with <laughs> <the> window cleaner. <laughs> All
0: right. So number two is name a deal breaker for you on a date.
1: Um, A uh, pompous person. well not pompous but you know they're doing too much like they're being rude to the wait staff and they're just too they're doing too much okay they're rude condescending you know acting like they're above bigger and better just that type of mannerism would kind of be like yeah no
0: all right i can i can respect that all right so number three is what is a body part on a man that you would absolutely not touch feet i hate
1: feet i hate man feet i hate it
0: oh wow so you would not <laughs> give a man a foot rub at all not at all oh man so what like, do you I'm, do like,
1: what? truthfully truthfully <laughs> i don't like feet period like other people's feet went male female but on men i'm just gonna have to say feet i just no i'm not gonna touch your feet
0: wow so, what do you do in supplement? Because, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that if, like, a guy would want a foot rub in his relationship, like, what do you do to supplement for not touching feet? Um, be there. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> I mean, I'll accompany you to, like, uh, the little petty, you know, the little mani-pedi spots. We can do that. And, you know, every now and then, not all the time, but I can treat you to one. You know, Uh, let them do it. All right. But me, no, I can't. I'm sorry. I love you, but I can't touch your feet.
0: Oh, man. Okay. So, number, what was that? That was three. So, we're on number four. So, number four is romantic comedy or hood drama?
1: Romantic comedy, all the way.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah. I do get caught in watching, like, BET specials, but because I'm not a TV watcher, so it was very difficult for me to spot what looks good, I just end up watching some like like low tier trash and just <laughs> be stuck. Like so I can totally agree. The romantic comedy is definitely my personal choice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I don't like, you know, I'm not too big on violence and, you know, shooting and guns and stuff like that. So I would never opt for I mean, cause let's some of the hood, whatever, hood movies, they you know, that's kind of what that's some of it you know right the gun violence and stuff like that and i just rather i don't like
0: it and it's never like um especially for like the a not the a but the b and c list movies they never have enough of the production quality to make even those dramatic scenes in those low tier hood movies realistic it's just like okay i can definitely tell that somebody's getting shot right here like, it's, right. it's so apparent in the quality. So, yeah, romantic comedy all the way.
1: But, but there's a happy medium. I mean, I like Friday, of course.
0: <laughs> well, that... Friday can of have both. <laughs> little bit of both. Little bit. <laughs> I give you that. Okay. Thank you. So, number five is, could your last boyfriend come kick it for Netflix and chill if he was to hit you up right now?
1: Can I cuss on here? Yeah fuck no. No. <laughs> Shit. Anybody who got any love for me wouldn't even want me to even entertain that. That's the reason why I was hating niggas in the first place. That nigga. That's the root of all. That's the root of my nigga hate.
0: <laughs> the root no, the root not. of your nigga hate, huh? Oh, yeah, man. You
1: know, I, I've matured. You know, it was first, it was like, if I saw him on the road burning, I wouldn't piss on him. You know? Mm. But now, it's like, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to hang out with him. You know, I've I've matured. I've been maturing these years. So, no. I know, you know, what's done? It's done. You know, for, forgive <laughs> and move on.
0: All right. I can accept that. It's just funny hearing you say this shit, though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the root of the problem. That's the root of why I'm here. Oh, man. (laughs)
0: All right. So, we are on number six. I think we got two more left. You just about at the finish line. All right. So, number six is, who are your top five female artists, whether rapper or singer?
1: Damn it. Okay, so... Top five. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And I just want to put this disclaimer out there that this is my Sabrina's top five.
0: Right. You know, right.
1: You'll gotta agree. This is me. This right. is what I like, who I like. Um, I like of course, um Beyonce, Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Beyonce, <laughs> of course. Of course. And uh let's say, let's put Missy there. All right, you cool, know, cool. She's getting, yeah. you know, she's doing her thing right now mm-hmm. on MTV. Right. Um, let's go with, um, let's see.
0: I like her. Oh, okay. Great, great, great. I love her. Mm hmm. Um, her, oh,
1: shit. Um, well, actually, I said Missy, her, Beyonce. Who do I be rocking like that though? Let's hmm. go Lil' Kim.
0: Oh, great. Lil' Gotta Kim, Lil' Kim. Okay, okay. Yeah,
1: Lil' Kim. And um uh, Mary J. Blige, yes. Uh oh. five.
0: You got yes. a pretty good tie five. Thank you. Thank all you. Thank right. you. All right. All right. So the final question uh-huh. is: if you had to choose a way to profess your love for a man. What would be your first choice, a forearm tat of his name or making your first son a junior to his father?
1: I honestly don't believe in the tattoos on bodies. I feel like that's uh, the the naming tattoo. I feel like that's jinxing it. I deep down in my soul feel like you're jinxing the relationship once you get the name tattooed on your body. Mm. So I will say going with the junior.
0: So you would prefer to look at like a split image of this particular man and him having the exact facial features and the name. That is more easier than maybe a small initial on a finger or a wrist. Yes. Okay.
1: So every now and then I could be like looking just like your damn daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Just like your damn daddy. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, I, I ain't going through no pain I'm not going through pain to put your name on my body, and then for you to cause me pain when it's all over. You know? no. Oh no!
0: Right. True. That was a very, yeah. very, very potent analogy. I feel you on that. Thank all right. You. So you you got through Q and A. That was easy. What? Wow. Thank you.
1: Because I was like, my God, I don't know what the next question's going to be.
0: <laughs> they, I mean, they get crazy, but typically, you know, they are mm-hmm. typically simple. They're not as bad as people think. But um, one of the reasons why I decided to invite you to this conversation, one reason is because I've been trying to get you, a course, on the show for a long time. But then, 2 I've been holding on to that small 20-minute conversation we had like two years ago in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my biggest regrets of that trip was the fact that I was so consumed with too much of the fun and energy and all of the other things, because I initially told myself I was going to have a full conversation with you because you were at that point, the only person of the people with the exception of Neek. Um, you two were the only people I believe I didn't meet officially. So it was like, I got to really like kick it with them, but it was so much going on. I didn't get to really talk to you until we were about to board our flight. Right. And so, at that particular moment, we, you know, had the conversation and one of the first things that you brought to my attention was you You made the statement of, I know that people are used to me having a certain opinion of men, but I don't subscribe to that anymore. That's true. And um, that's kind of what I want to discuss. In so many ways, we're going to touch on some of the things because I think that if I hadn't been drinking, I could have remembered everything we talked about. But I have some um, points from that conversation and we're just going to discuss women and forgiveness or possible pardon of men in this particular phase in their life when they decided they're ready to entertain love. Okay. So is this something you, I know this is something that you can, you know, slap a few men upside the head, but then still give some powerful points. So we're going to have a good conversation. It's going to be real simple.
1: Okay. All right. I'm ready.
0: All right. So. There are three stages I want to speak on, and we're going to tackle these in in an order. No, I don't think it has to be an order, but the three phases are when she is ready to move past her pain, when she's ready to date, and when she's ready to love, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Because
0: there is, in my opinion, this is just me and my experience, there is a very difficult process to get through in order to get to any of these three phases. Would you agree with that at all?
1: I do. I do. I think I do. Keep going. Keep going.
0: All right. So when we think about the three phases that I just mentioned to Mm -hmm. men, when when I'm only speaking for men to men, the focal point, the focal point of those three phases is ready. You're ready for something. We don't know exactly what that is because again, this process to get to, the actual implementation of dating or love or moving her past her pain is always some resistance that we have to go through first what exactly is it that causes that resistance or what is it that you're doing in this phase of resistance that you would like to communicate with the man that he's not necessarily seeing <laughs> So one more time, you
1: said just one more time so I can make sure I answer correctly.
0: So when you meet this guy and you've presented yourself in such a way Mm -hmm. to make him believe that you're ready for either moving past your pain, ready to date or ready to love that resistance period that you go through where you're probably being indecisive. Right, You're probably pondering on things that you haven't quite completely let go. What is that resistance process consisting of for either you or the typical woman that you know that men need to identify with when they meet that resistance?
1: Mm,
0: when you say resist,
1: see, cause that's kind of like, and I hope I'm, I'm saying this the right way, but when you say resistance as far as what a man, like how he should counteract it or what he needs to know about the resistance, because I feel like if you are to the point to where you're trying to date or you're putting yourself out there to date, that there shouldn't be any type of resistance. Hmm. I feel, personally, I feel like before you even try to get into anything Because dating deals with emotions and when you go, when you have some, you know, other emotions going on from previous situations that you haven't cleared yet or that you don't, it's like the whole bag lady scenario. I feel like you shouldn't go into dating with bags or with that you should fix what you need to fix, talk through what you need to talk through, process what you need to process before you... Entertain another person,
0: mm, okay. But then there is the contradiction of some women saying that everybody comes with baggage. So, where's the balance in that when you say that you should take care of your own mess and some of your own issues? But then again, there are other women who will say everybody comes with a little something. Like, so what is the balance to that? <laughs>
1: Do people, do do every, I mean, does, is that really a thing where everybody comes into a relationship with, well, you know what, it is, in this day and age it is, Um, I guess, but, I mean, I think, I guess, maybe understanding, you know, the baggage you're bringing in and how to, as the, speaking in terms of the woman, knowing the baggage you're bringing in and kind of being able to separate like when you see familiar not familiarities but when you I guess know how to process them with the new person does that make sense okay
0: yeah that does
1: like I mean if they do something that's triggering to you or that reminds you of something the previous individual did to cause baggage to in your head understand that this is that's not that person you know and maybe explain I mean maybe be communicate more i mean it sounds so cliche but i think that's the balance if you're going to bring you know baggage into a situation know how to you know communicate you know if it's triggering how to communicate that to the person so they can know your background and where it's coming from so at that point right, they can right. adjust.
0: okay okay now that i can accept you know because i do think that there are going to be moments where you are triggered by something like um that's men and women right you have to have you have to have a sense of freedom to gain clarity for some of those moments because you really don't identify exactly what it is that triggers those feelings because what you remember it being in the relationship may not be the identity that it took when you decided to move on it may just be like a spur a moment action that just reminds you but doesn't necessarily have a full responsibility for why you feel the things that you feel so i can right. respect that okay so there was a time and this may go back to maybe a year or two um i remember there was a point where women were like extremely aggressive about men being trash right right And they weren't flinching or wavering in their opinions of men. And then suddenly the narrative became me and somebody's son or all I want is a man that will. And then you add your adjectives and suggestions of his character that will follow that statement. But for me, being the analytical guy, I began to realize that there was no way for a woman to maintain that attitude that men are trash attitude or niggas ain't shit attitude it was no way for a woman with all of that compassion all of that love and all of those virtues and things that they have that are innately in them there was no way for them to maintain that attitude and that thought process brought me directly to you because (laughs) again I remember that point of you having a very aggressive opinion about men it wasn't to say oh, y'all ain't shit, and that's just what it is. It's just that, okay, you can embody those things that these women are saying, and I'm holding you accountable for it. So I felt like you were always the person that had the proper, I guess, perspective in regards to it, even though you still weren't really receiving the rebuttals that men would have in defense of what they were saying. So I just wanted to, of course, ask you, What was the change that took place for you in terms of not holding or sticking to that particular stance against men?
1: Well, I just want to just give a quick, just like a really quick history of me as it Mm -hmm. pertains to men. Okay. I come from from my immediate immediate family. It's made up of women. Okay. Okay. Majority women. We do have some men. I do have some uncles, but those who were... Um, with me helping raise me, had hands in raising me. They're majority women, okay. so right then and there, I got to see their male female interaction um, from, of course, an African standpoint. Okay, so okay. that's that aspect. And then, um, I mean, those who've spoken with me, you know, I, I mean, I don't hide it. I told people that I was in my younger days while you know people, everybody else might have been doing childish, you know, being chil- children or what have you, I was stuck in the Civil War in my native country of Liberia. Mm, the okay, atrocities okay. I saw, the fear that was placed into me, that was put into me, came from men.
0: Wow. I wow, didn't see women okay.
1: holding guns. That Now, let me just say that that did happen later on during my country's war where women started picking up arms and doing some heinous shit themselves but from what I experienced all the fear that was ever put into me came from men during that whole experience and this is at the age of nine this is at the age of eight or nine I would say probably eight so and then I left my father in Liberia And we were, you know, estranged for however many long, you know, for however many years. And I didn't have that father-daughter, you know, I didn't have that constantly. Every now and then when the war would let up, he would call, but it wasn't constant to have that reassurance that not all men are bad and then my father had his own history with my mom so I'm just not going to say that my whole thing and I mean it took me a while to kind of piece this together that my whole thing isn't my where I had my stand you know, the stance I had okay, you know all men being trash I felt I had enough evidence to prove such
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> because right. of previous okay.
1: things so and then I get into my first relationship And he ends up being trash, but then I keep, you know, and I, now I take the responsibility for the part I played in it because I'm like, he was trash. You knew he was trash, but you kept accepting when he came back, you know? Mm, And so it, the change happened was when I, and then just every, just, I wasn't running into men of quality, quality, (laughs) quality. So mm-hmm. you know, it's just like just the, for lack of a better word, the undesirables. That's who I was attracting. And oh, so that kind right, of, right. That kind of you know solidified in my head that niggas ain't nothing. These you know, just trash, trash. And I stood firm in it because I had enough. Like I said, I had enough evidence in my upbringing and in my background to like be like, it is what it is. I have to prove. Here's the proof.
0: But then I started,
1: you know, through podcasting, I started meeting other men who weren't the typical, who weren't like the men that I, you know, were interacting with.
0: Oh, okay. You know,
1: and so, I mean, it didn't happen instantly. Like, all of y'all, you know, y'all would put up a good fight when I'd be like, these niggas ain't shit. And y'all be like, (laughs) exactly what about these men ain't shit? Like, exactly, you know, you guys would try to... You know, right. get me to engage in dialogue to kind of see where I'm coming from or try to tell me that's not true. And a lot of people, even the women, you know, the the women in my life, you know, my support system, they'll be like, Bree, not all men, not all men. You know, you can go back to some, um, if they're still there, some good morning, beautiful episodes and i would be like these niggas ain't shit or something along that line And you would hear tyler <laughs> say not all but breed. not all men though not all men though right right so eventually right. it sunk in, it you know it sunk in that okay you know you gotta kind of chill a little bit and not only that but they you know you gotta you can't you can catch you gotta you know what they say catch bees with honey is that what the, right, the
0: term? It? Right, Yeah, you know, right. so
1: I'm like, okay, you know, I'm getting up there and I kind of want a suitor. So I can't be, you know, this chick on Twitter just spitting this venom and expecting somebody to be like, you sexy as hell, you know, <laughs> you know, it <laughs> doesn't work like that. So I kind of I kind of had to had to grow up mentally and change my, my frame of mind and just kind of sit and process things. And I do that a lot you know and I mean sometimes it's a good thing sometimes it's not because I'm an overthinker, but sometimes I do think I sit down and process things and think and see and kind of see what fault I played in certain things or with certain men that you know had me feeling that way and then I take responsibility for the part I have and then I kind of dismiss not dismiss but you know acknowledge your wrongs but you know also understand that I played a part in it too some way right, somehow right. so yeah I didn't mean to go that long, but No, yeah.
0: this was perfect for the conversation because I wish women would actually have that approach to it. Like I think that the reason why it is so overwhelming for men to a point where they just settle for not changing is because we don't get to hear the process. Like when we go through our stages of being whores or whatever the case is, like right. we can typically we can typically tell you what changed you know like we can typically tell you okay well i used to be well i can be honest i can say like in my younger days i used to be the guy that used to chase after the big butt Mm -hmm. i can tell you that the reason why i don't chase after the big butt no more because i ran into a dirty one like i can tell you that like you would hear me say this but for a woman it's almost like all niggas are the same so you can just about fathom what i'm getting ready to say and they'll leave it at that. Right. They won't give you the the intricate detail for us to know how to adapt to getting through to you. Like, I know that if you are a person who was used to um, very argumentative conversations, then I automatically know that you're not going to respond to me when I'm yelling. Right. Like, you're going to completely shut down when I'm yelling. We don't get to get the details. All we're hearing in those cases, sometimes is that, oh, you know what y'all do. You know how y'all get down. You know you a snake. You know you this. And then you're doing the hand gestures The head is swinging and all of this stuff. And we mm-hmm. just like, okay, well, this is typical women shit. Like, we kind of reduce you to what it is that you reduce us to. It's like we're not getting through to you and you're not getting through to us. So just to hear you say that, that was actually refreshing to hear that okay it was a process it took me a minute i i checked myself in this process and now i'm back to reposition myself to try this thing again and i think that we all have to do that as men and women you know get to a point where we have to condition ourselves to try this thing just one more time but i have a few questions about that piece that you did give me where does love and men stand with brie today
1: Love and men, that's still a work in process for Brie because I have the the ability to to love, you know, un well not unconditionally, no, because I have conditions, damn it, but to <laughs> <laughs> to you know to, to love and to be open, you know, but it's just that I'm I'm not someone who, and I guess that's something I have to work on is that I'm just not so quick to it because I don't trust at this point. I don't feel I know how to I'm, I'm, you know what? I don't trust my process in picking men. Maybe still like, I don't mm, know mm, if I can trust okay. myself into picking a man worthy of the kind of love I have to offer and then not end up fucking it up.
0: Okay. Now, what we're going to go into now is a portion of the Vegas conversation where you stated, and I don't know if you remember you saying this or not i was bring can it I say to you. I was
1: drinking too. Can I say that?
0: yeah, I know okay. so'm i about to bring this <laughs> I'm gonna bring this back to your attention, and it is a very pivotal part of the conversation um okay. there was a point when you um said that when you encountered men with hyperaggression, that you were curious as to whether or not their ancestry tra- like traced back to where you were from like you said that when you would talk briefly to men and they presented themselves with aggression you automatically would ask yourself like is he from my country
1: you know what I mean with that what I was saying is that I tend to be aggressive I tend to come off aggressive nonchalant matter of fact just very brash and Mm -hmm. with that my explanation is that that's kind of it's like I mean, I think I mentioned this to you too. Like, I was kind of raised like a pit bull because my father's tribe, right. which, of course, in my country, and in fact, I think in all African nations, or what have you, you take your father's tribe. And my father's tribe is the Kru tribe, and anybody K R U, if you want to read mm-hmm. up on it, they're very. I've always known from my mom that. That tribe is a very aggressive tribe. Like they're very aggressive. Right, they right. fight. That's just what they're known for, amongst other things. I mean, there's some good things about them, but we're just aggressive people. So I was kind of, I was kind of raised like a pit bull, you know, in a way, not like a pit, a rehabilitated pit bull. Where if I showed any type of aggression that my mom was trying to associate with that tribe, she'd be like, "Don't do that. You know, cut that out. Stop that. You're too aggressive." You know, she would kind of like try to take it out of me so there are I mean with that conversation that was kind of I mean I wondered I wondered the same thing with every I do you know like when I see men especially black men of course I'm like African-American men more specifically you know like I wonder if he's from my tribe when not just you know towards me but like just in general with just how you know you go about with other men and things like that Right, right. So, I mean, I, yeah, you know, like sometimes I'm like, damn, I wonder if he's from my tribe because, you know, that's like, that kind of aggression, you know, but then again, I can't really just say my tribe because there are thousands, hundreds of tribes on the continent and right, right I'm sure there's right. other aggressive ones, but yeah, that was more so for me, just saying, just like an understanding of any man who encounters me, like I don't mean it, but it's just that I just come from like an aggressive an aggressive nature. <laughs> you
0: right. Know, I'm so working on when, it. And I can tell and I'm I commend you forward. I don't I don't think that is I don't think that it should be looked down upon to, you know, to realize that there was some like misguided intentions and ways within you that may need a shift. Like I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I think owning it is the perfect place to start to get through, you know, to the point that you want to reach. And I think that like you giving me this, or if you were to give a man this, this right. is a whole lot more to work with than what we get from the common woman. Oh. But, um, I want to ask a question about the aggressive aspect of the conversation. Okay, Did looking at men who were aggressive remind you of where you were from in a negative way? Or was it possible that you were seeing a possible reflection of yourself and was showing you how difficult you can be when letting someone in? Because we tend to blame the the thing that resonates with us the most versus owning what is kind of like coming out of us. Does that make sense?
1: Um, I think so. Are you saying that I see the aggression of men? Um, if I saw me in that?
0: right like was it so much that you, was it actually the idea of noticing the familiarities of where you're from versus actually seeing what you were manifesting in some of the ways in which you were either caring or protecting yourself like sometimes you can look at it and say well this is just all that i know but sometimes you can definitely project that in your actions and it further's or it further pushes you into that complacency space where you just settle for what you know. Like is that a is that a reality in what you're saying? Um, I don't think so because truth be told, BJ, I don't
1: like overly aggressive men. Really? I don't.
0: I so don't. you so in order for like a guy could actually be like timid and still be attractive to you?
1: I think there's like a, there has to be, now when you say timid now, you know, I had a friend who said that, you know, I like my dudes square with rounded edges, (laughs) meaning like I need you to, I don't mind if you're quiet, but when something pops off. I kinda you gotta step you. up. You gotta step up, or you need to, you know, you know how to conduct yourself, how to handle business. Um, I'm not the type of person or woman in any relationship who's that, you know, who's that, I'm gonna run and get my nigga, he about to fuck you up. I'm not, that's not me. So I don't, I don't see myself ever putting my man in situ, or future whoever man in a situation where, you know, he would have to exhibit that. But in the event shit pops off, I want you to know how right. to navigate that you know um overly aggressive man beach men b j that it doesn't remind me of me it just reminds me of you know like situations I've been in, you know mm. whether it was seeing you know certain people getting you know not getting men getting physical with people I knew or just you know, the aggression of men from, you know, the Civil War of my country, just how they were aggressive. So no, overly aggressive men, they re- they make me really, really like uneasy. I don't, I don't like it.
0: Oh, okay. That makes sense. So as I was digging a little deeper, I did do a little research on your tribe. And um, the presentation that most would take from the research is that you come from a rebellious group of people because in some cases um the first thing that you take notice to is that they rebelled against um captivity and enslavement and they were always known well well known for um fighting endlessly for freedom right so is that accurate from what i read because i don't like to just assume no that that, i read
1: that is accurate but you know hell i still ended up in america so apparently <laughs> all of us <laughs> weren't i mean when i say i still end up in america i mean like i'm liberian but i have ancestry you know ancestry that dates back to the united states to the south like most african americans you know half of mm. my dna it's traced back to the south you know so okay. when i say um when I say my ass still ended up in America, meaning like we still got caught, some of us still got caught,
0: right, right. Apparently, right, we didn't fight point. hard
1: enough because they still got our ass. Yeah, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, but good point. Good point.
1: That's, I mean, that's that's accurate. That's accurate. That's what I've read myself okay. about us.
0: Yeah. So there's a um, there's a couple of statements that I did pick up in doing my research where um words tend to get. Confused because when you speak of like love, there's the the idea that for women, and you can correct me if this is inaccurate, but um, when it comes to love, there's a hint of possessiveness versus belonging. Like there is a confusion between um men being possessive due to the fact that they're so aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um. It's almost being confused as um well, no, not let me dial that back instead of it being looked at as belonging, it's viewed as being possessive because of the aggression that comes out of the men in the crew tribe, so ultimately, when you see the aggression, does it make you believe that you can be potentially controlled? in a relationship or that a person is going to be anal about being in charge. And this is the disconnect that you have with aggression. Because I think in some instances, when women tell men to step up, that's the first thing that they think like be more aggressive, like say what you mean, say what you want and all of those things. And then when you finally meet the guy and he's overly aggressive, now he's, the red flag or he's the one that you turn away and he leaves feeling defeated because he's trying to figure you out. So is that, is that real to like see things in a more possessive way when a man is just trying to show you that he wants to like, he wants to belong to you and you to him.
1: Hmm. Um, You know, I think my definition of aggression with men it does it's not more. You know what? I like as far as aggression, as far as you know, I'm yours and you're mine. I mean, it's good to play into a little bit, but it's not some you know serious to the point of you're trying to control me, you know, and shit, and control my movement and my action and. Things of that nature, um, okay. And I think when we say we want a man to step, I mean, I don't know who's ever asked the asked the man to step up, and then once said man stepped up, they back down from it. I mean,
0: I hmm. because there, like I said, there's no context, you know. Like, um, there, I I tell these stories all the time of you know, in my younger days, being manipulated by older women, and Um, One of the biggest misfortunes that I've experienced Mm -hmm. was being told that, you know, men know what they want, men take charge, men do this, men do that. And there was never any context to um, boundaries. And one thing that I found out, even as a teenager, is that there's very little discipline to intimacy. Like you don't you don't never know when you taking shit too far. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's points where, you know, you hear women openly say, I like to be choked in sex. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, you hear women openly say these things, and they never give context. Like, they're not going to explain to you fully what they're communicating when they're saying that. They just expect for you to have somewhat of an experience or a, a guideline to follow to just know exactly what I mean. And then when the person takes it too far, it's like, well, you violated me. And he doesn't feel like he did anything wrong.
1: I mean, why are y'all getting why? I I mean, I think for the, I guess, novice sex havers, they don't know (laughs) that with, I mean, with these things, like being choked or what have you, they're supposed, aren't y'all supposed to be, aren't y'all supposed to have some type of communication where you either tap out or there's a, there's a secret word or some type of a safe word that you're supposed to say to set boundaries or to say when something is too much or it's getting too much. I I mean, I yeah, think and it's... the whole choking thing, first of all, personally, I don't like the choking thing. I don't, I don't, I don't like man strength around my neck. That's, I don't know if you would think of something, <laughs> some crazy shit I said the other day and all of a sudden you're applying too much right. pressure. Right.
0: <laughs> Right. And right. you're about
1: to kill me because <laughs> I had a smart mouth the other day. You just remember. So I don't I mean, and I honestly, I honestly think that whole I like to be choked. I like to be choked thing. That's social media. That is social media. The people talking, uh, you know, asphyxiation, they probably don't even know the proper. You know, how to do it properly. They just yeah, I like to be choked. OK, do you like to be choked? Really choked? Do you like the whole or do you like? You know, like, I don't think, I think people are just talking, people aren't really into that, and if they are, and I think those who are really into that type of play, they know how to do it safely, and, you know, where yeah. it's not taken too far. Those who, like, you ch- you try to kill me, you took it too far. I think those are people who just said that for, you know, likes or clicks or what have you, and now they're really in that situation of a man who really likes to choke, and now you're scared. You know right, so
0: Right, 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 right. I think a
1: lot of that is just talk. Not so much people who really you know, know who really do stuff like that. Okay. I need to change the topic, okay. but <laughs> No,
0: no, like I I just won't I won't context. So this is as, this is absolutely perfect what you're saying. Um, is there a point even in love where okay, we already addressed the differences between the feelings of possessiveness versus belonging? Is there ever a point where you feel like you've encountered a guy who just didn't have enough of any of those characteristics and then you actually missed where you came from, like the aggression of where you came from?
1: What do you mean aggression of where I came from? If you could like just when,
0: when you look at like when a man like you how you said like you like your man square with rounded edges. There is yeah. like a certain There's a certain edge that you would still like for this guy to have. Okay, in this particular example, he's just a square. Right.
1: Well, if he's just a square, then I don't think he would really be suitable for each other.
0: (laughs) Okay, so is there a moment where when you realize that he's too green and he's just completely not your type, that you find yourself missing the characteristics of some of the men that you experienced from the past not so much saying that you would go back to or accept you know certain things that are a turnoff within those men but just finding yourself being attractive to that that extra aggression because it's been like far removed from you now that you've been out here dating is that ever been a case for you
1: um no, not as of yet. No, I haven't met anybody who I said, "Damn, I wish he was." He was as rough and tough and rugged as my my you know previous whoever. No,
0: oh no, okay, not at all. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, so in the event of having um having your experience, and you know dealing with the many hardships of where you come from and you um decide that you still want to you know experience love in a pure way like what is it that made you that made you say for yourself that okay it's time for Bree to mature and her perspective of men like what was it that happened is there like a um, a few details to that
1: um the only thing that happened is realizing well not realizing but the fear that you that I could potentially push a good man away by mm. being too aggressive, too hard, not too there we go against there we go again with aggression but <laughs> by having my right. walls up, you know, by being too tough, too, you know, not trusting, well, I mean, I don't have that I'm still not trusting, but you know, I'm working on it, but yeah, I just didn't want to risk a potential good man coming and then he's put off by me and my <laughs> issues and he's like, you know what? This is a little bit too much and um, good luck. All right. You know, and then I also, just wanting to be, I guess, wanting to be better, you know, as far as my views with men overall because like I stated, you I think you said something earlier about like how can You know, you don't think it's possible for women to hold on to that niggas ain't shit type of mentality. And I feel it is possible if you keep encountering those same men. You know, Mm, if that's the men you are surrounded by. So, by me not being surrounded by the type of men who I feel ain't shit, it changed my perspective. I, again, um, I never had any kind of male friends you know all my best friends you know people who I spoke to about things or what have you um male female related have all been women you know and with podcasting I became friends with a lot of you know male podcasters who you know I call my friends and who I go to with you know Question, not questions, but who I know I can go to about men and what have you, and just just them being different breeds of men. I mean, I mean they still have their. How can I? How can I say it? <laughs> I, I, I like, totally
0: get where you're going with it. They're
1: re, they're reformed ancient niggas, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so they sit now, but they have a history of being ancient, and so right, just right, you know right. surrounding them in their new form and you know them. Just, them just working to explain stuff with me and to point out when I'm when I'm doing the same shit that I claim I don't like and you know I don't give them the satisfaction of letting them know that they made me think, but I think about it later so on. So you still you
0: know? so you still protecting yourself from men then? If you don't tell them that oh okay, I'm not you protecting myself.
1: M- I just hate male authority. I just don't like men telling me what to do. It's not protection. Wow. I just who are you <laughs> Don't tell me what to do, man.
0: (laughs) Okay, so in a relationship, in a relationship, like the questions of submissive or submission. Like, if in fact the man is telling you, if the man is telling you something that benefits your well being, why is it so difficult to receive it? It's not him, it's not him ordering you or commanding you to do anything. He's he's doing what he's supposed to do for his woman. But here it is, it's like it's still met with resistance because you just don't want him to feel like he told you what it was that made the circumstance better. That's still kind of part of the problem, right?
1: Right. But like I said, BJ, I am working on me. It's, you know, <laughs> it, I'm a work in progress in process. Yeah. Process. progress, All right. Whatever.
0: All right. I'm still working right. on me and
1: I'm still working on why I don't really care too much for male authority for men telling me what to do. Now I will, I just want to say that I do, Uh, If a dude tell me, hey, this area ain't safe, you need to get the hell up out of here, I ain't going to be like, nigga, you can't tell me what to do. I'll trust you in that aspect, but I'm not going to trust you if you be like, yo, give me your entire paycheck, and I promise you, just trust me, I'll make this worth your while. That's when I'll be like, no,
0: I don't, (laughs) no, I'm not
1: doing that. So I trust you to get me out of danger, but I don't trust you with things that you haven't proven to me.
0: Oh, Okay, I can respect that. I can respect that. You know? And I totally I totally feel that um we do have to prove ourselves in regards to trust because those are things that have nothing to do with love. You know what I'm saying? So, right. like, you have to make her feel like in any event that she's in your presence, she's always safe and comfortable. Um, She doesn't have to look over her shoulder from the things that she is, you know, nervous or unsure of outside of you two having whatever relationship that you have like she has to be totally at peace with herself and the surroundings whenever she's with you so i do agree with the ideas of making a a valiant effort to prove that you're capable i don't see anything wrong with that but like just being resistant like i want to get to the point where we don't have to resist each other at all anymore and there's one question that i want to ask too because there has um been a lot of well no let's take this back i feel like personally and this is just my opinion i think that women are overlooking a key factor in why um so many generations of women are growing up with this niggas ain't shit mentality who women there there is a power of influence that women have that I don't think is being considered in this conversation. There's moments where you encounter women who are not sure of why they're disconnected from the man in their house, the man in their family. There's things that go on in those spaces where she's not totally sure of what it is that she's feeling, but she hears several women that she looks up to preaching the same narrative. Now, that there's nothing relative to her circumstance and what this other woman she looks up to is saying, but because she's unsure of herself, she'll project this as the reason and it manifests into something much greater than what her initial issue actually was. And I don't think that we look at, we don't look at that for men either. Like when we, when we say this real men do thing, you know, um, It's almost as if we don't even believe that these real men are human. Like real men don't have the same circumstances. Real men just have to figure their circumstances out to say that you're realer than me simply because you're fortunate or more fortunate than me is a false reality. Like you can't project that on the person who doesn't have your means or wasn't fortunate enough to have your skill set. So when we say women women having an influence on other women. I want right. to ask you like who do you feel like has the most influence on the behaviors of women now when you think of men or women? Who has the most influence now?
1: Ooh. You mean who has the most influence on women's thoughts? Men or women?
0: Right, right.
1: Um I think it's both. Honestly, hmm. I mean, there's I mean, it's displayed on Twitter daily. There's that group of women who we call or who they've coined the pick who everything they say is to, you know, appease men, not appease men, but to kind of look to be favored by men. And mm-hmm. those are the women who they do listen to what men say. They do listen to a men say, I want my house clean and I want my you know, I want my food done, something, something. They have, you know, you have that group of women who listen to men and that. They do, they've been groomed, not groomed, but they they like appeasing men. And that's not something that just happens when you get on social media. That's something that happens in the house. You know, your mom teaches you how, you know, your mom teaches you how to be a good woman to a man.
0: Right, right, right
1: and then i feel like there are women there's the other half of twitter who they listen to i mean they are influenced by what other women say they probably have of course the opposite rearing than the women who we see as pickmies where um you know maybe they weren't you know they weren't raised to be you know to appease men or what have you they saw men you know just as being I don't know, ain't shit. I guess, or it's, <laughs> <laughs> see, you know, men as being ain't shit, or through their own personal experiences, maybe they came to that conclusion themselves. But I think it's 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 not just one sex; it's both sex. And I just, you know, that that explanation it can get a little bit more in depth, and you know, sometimes it can cross, and just. But I'm just going to keep it simple and say, you know, there you can't really say that one sex over the other has more influence over women's thinking or not. Cause it's, I see both daily right, on right. social media.
0: Okay. So at what point do, do our women get to the position where they don't forget what they've been through and where they came from, but still in all, they need to learn or they need to accept that they need to let this shit go. Like at what point do you get to that state, that state of mind where it's like, look, I'll never forget where I came from. But at some point I got to let this shit go.
1: I mean, I think it's self-realization. You have to you, the person you have to come to that conclusion yourself. You know, I don't I don't know if there's a, you know. Time frame or when it should happen, it, it that's something that's up. It, I mean, it's up to the woman. If you want to be stuck in that whole "men ain't shit" uh, and never grow from it, I mean, that's your option. That's you can do that. But uh, you know, there's some who are like, you know what, this shit's kind of tiring, <laughs> right? Know? Right? And right? I don't. I'm not. I'm no longer seeing those type of men or interacting with those type of men. So maybe I need to change my, you know, change my mindset and just not change my mindset, but just kind of think about why you're at this point it you have to want to do it for yourself can't no. nothing can't right, nothing right, right. you're going to have to come to that conclusion yourself like how i did because you know several years ago ain't nobody was nobody was going to tell me you know what Bree? you should really stop thinking like that i'd be like well you can kiss my ass that's just how i feel you <laughs> gotta feel that way that's you know but i have to sit down and Think about, well, you know what? He's really nice. And you know what? He was nice too. And you know what? He really ain't shit. You know what? I see him handling his business. I wonder why I was doing that and, you know, saying all that shit when there's these, you know, there's this degree of, not degree, because they make it seem like they're just up on the pedestal, but like there's this different, you know, th- there's different men out here. Not all of right, them are the same. Right. And then you have to, you know, treat each of them, ac- treat them accordingly. Now, I ain't going to just erase the slate and say men. No man out here, you know, is ain't shit. they still ain't shit men. But I still have right. to learn to separate them and not just generalize. Because that's another thing I was doing, just generalizing. Like, oh, all these men ain't shit. And mm-hmm. I just had to be like, no, oh, no, no, not all, just some, just some. And so address those who are ain't shit. Address them accordingly and don't bring the men who are shit, you know, don't lump them in together. But, yeah, I think that's just it's it's for the woman to finally decide like this way of thinking's tired if she ever gets to that point.
0: mm, I am so glad you said that i am truly I am truly elated to hear somebody give context to some of the things that you know we hear as men because I think that we can motivate ourselves a little bit more now when we right. hear it because we had somebody explain what this process is. And then to know that when you opened up the conversation of telling like the displays of manhood that you experienced at a young age, those are some things that none of us would have imagined being your answer. So like now we get to um, evolve and how we approach different circumstances. Now we know on dates that we can ask, but what was your childhood like? And you know, begin to create, you know, methods of conversation. So like, I really appreciate hearing you say this because most women are still not at that point of self-realization, like you say, you know, to present themselves as being a little misguided in what they're saying and not even knowing if it was projected onto you versus something that you actually went through. Because even in my conversations on my own show, I realized that so many women that I talk to have been the woman that the I, the, I guess the attitude or the mindset mm-hmm. was projected onto them. Like your situation is not that strenuous as you're presenting yourself and you're now this social media activist all of a sudden for these different dimensions of womanhood. And it's like, no, that wasn't really your position like you were just under heavy influence by women you looked up to who had these strenuous issues and instances and you've you've allowed this to manifest in your spirit and I think that men do it too you know instead of us saying man she broke my heart you know what I'm saying it's like okay, fuck these bitches because it makes you comfortable to you know to lash out and and to be vengeful and have all of these you know, ill intents and feelings, it makes you feel good for the moment because the heartbreak can be excruciating. And instead of you owning what it was that caused it, Mm -hmm. you just project these other attitudes into your own character. And now you are a part of what is presented as the problem. So I really appreciated you sharing this with me.
1: Thank you. And I just want to say, I just want to put this out there that I am not speaking for every woman. I am not every woman. It is not all in me. OK, I don't want no I don't want no think pieces, no replies, think that I am speaking like I was appointed the chapter, the women's president at the chapter <laughs> meeting, what have you. And I'm speaking for every situation I'm speaking based on me and based on what I my pro, my thought process to get me to, you know, the clear understanding that I have now. So this doesn't apply to every woman, it just applies to me.
0: Okay. Hey, all right. that was the funniest <laughs> shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I ain't the woman's ch- um, chapter president, so don't you know, I don't yeah, need to think Don't come th- for yeah. Brie. I'm just don't talking about that. me what applies to me.
0: Because she'll still tell you to kiss her ass. <laughs> okay,
1: with a smile. With a smile. A Coke and a smile.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. So, um, in conclusion, when we talk about moving forward, as men and women, is there something that women should focus on just from your experiences? It doesn't have to be directly um, effective to every woman, but just things that they should focus on when they feel as though they're getting close to the point of saying, I don't want to hold on to what I've been through. I want to move forward and learn how to love or treat men better. Is there like a focal point? In any of those moments where you begin to open up your senses in that self-realization process?
1: I mean, I said it a while ago, the most freeing thing ever is taking responsibility for the part you played in the situation. Mm, Um, Realizing that, yeah, he, you know, men ain't shit, but because I can look back at my past and see where I went wrong, how I allowed Mm. men to not be shit in my life. You know, mm-hmm. so I think as women, um, I say just kind of focus on not to say I'm not saying women place the blame on you and it's your fault. I'm just saying, you know, in situations where it apply, fine, where you played a hand in it, um, acknowledge it and do the work you need to do to kind of talk yourself through it. Um, You know, go to therapy, go to therapy. If you can afford it, because I know therapy is not available to everybody, everybody cannot afford it. But for those who can, you know, go to therapy, talk it out, focus mm. on healing, healing your heart and your mind. And just like understanding that this isn't that dude or whoever did it to you. It's he's not the spokesman for the entire male you know, species or human Uh, race, just know that that's one individual man. And that's another thing when you realize that's one individual person and you can't really put that on the entire, you know, I call y'all the X, Y's. (laughs) You can't, you can't, you know, he doesn't represent the entire X, Y's, you know, men, what have you, that's just one person and you got to treat them, um, you know, treat each man after that accordingly. That's what I'm learning. You can't just lump everybody up together. Like I stated, not all of them. You just gotta keep telling yourself, not all men.
0: Oh man, that was beautiful, Bree.
1: I don't know if it is. I feel like it was everywhere, but I hope <laughs> y'all got the gist of what I was saying. For those oh, for therapy, do it if you can. Then just do whatever work you, whatever work you can on your own. I don't even know if that's enough, but just work to be better, to heal. To heal it's man, heavy yeah. it's real heavy and you know you don't need there's enough heaviness in this life and you'll need to carry on the heaviness by a, you know that a man or a previous man has you know man
0: men whatever have has left you with heal from it right heal from it yeah all right man i i really enjoyed this conversation and i think people are going to really appreciate you know your transparency too i because hope like so I said, we don't <laughs> we don't hear this. Like we really don't. And I knew that I knew it was some, it was a reason why I held on to this for so long. I'm like, I am not talking about this with nobody, but her like because I knew, I knew that you were going to give me like the duality of it. Like, I mean, yeah, you struggle, but then there's a process when you're trying to fight through your own struggle. Yeah. We've had our hearts broken, but that same broken heart still has the capacity to love again like right we, i knew that that would be the approach to that conversation so i really appreciate you sharing and being open and honest and helping us men understand the shit that y'all be thinking when y'all going through your transitional phase of letting some shit go right. now i and know that's
1: letting things go for those who choose to let things go because like i say right. i don't speak for everybody and some women are not quick to let things go or try to process things so
0: that is true yeah that is true So I'll give you the opportunity to decide whether or not you're going to share your your social media. I don't know if you still with all of the people, you know, flooding to your timeline or not. But if you, you know, if you're willing, you know, you can give them your social media, let them know how they can find you. Just in case somebody wants to give you a compliment on your perspective or ask you a question. Is that open? Well, is it something you're open to? That is open, but, you know,
1: you know, be nice.
0: Be nice. You know, Sounds come good. in
1: peace. <laughs> All
0: right, because now I I can I can give
1: it. I can give. You know, I'm not. Even, I don't want to say like I can give it. Like I'm just some type of mean something something something. You know, I'm a mirror. Okay, see me as a mirror. Whatever right. you reflect, I reflect back. So whatever you stand in front of me with, I give it back to you. So come in love, and I'll answer in love. But my okay. social media, it is. Um, <laughs> what the hell is my social media? Um, I'm sure you're going to add me in this, so uh, that should you know help. But <laughs> right, um, right. I think I'm. Oh, SASS Catchem, that's me. That's my name. That
0: is you. It's SASS, so it's
1: S A S S underscore catch C A T C H underscore M. SASS Catchem.
0: All right, so I'm definitely going to um put her information in the uh, artwork and the information of the show. I really appreciate uh brief for coming through and giving her perspectives on women in general and how they transition into moving forward. And we are going to probably have to get a guy to talk about the same thing. So hopefully a man steps up and counter and kind of counters what she was saying. But if in fact you have comments, questions or anything otherwise, and you want to address it with me, you can follow me at DergoBJ, BJ, that is D D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter. My show page can be found at um, The Subject Change on Instagram. Um, use any means to communicate with me. If you want to send me an email, you can send that to changed, C H A N G E D, subject at gmail.com. Thank you, Bri, again for showing up and showing out on this episode. No it was problem. good to hear, Glad hear to you here. back on the waves again, you know. <laughs> And this has been a new episode of Change the Subject. I'll see you guys in two weeks. Peace and blessings.